The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Do you ever face giants in your life? In today's message, we're going to look at the young shepherd boy, David, who faced a real giant in his life. Goliath was an enemy of the armies of God, and he had challenged those armies constantly for 40 days. When David, the little shepherd boy, showed up, he didn't look like much, and he didn't have much to help him, but he had God on his side. Join us today and tomorrow as we look at the true David and Goliath battle, and we learn that with God, we can face any giant in our lives. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Hear the blessed Savior calling me oppressed, O ye have
title the message this morning I would call it facing your giants there's a group called casting crowns that has a song called the voice of truth and it's a contemporary Christian song in that song there's a verse that goes like this it says oh what I would do to have the kind of strength it takes to stand before a giant with just a sling and a stone Surrounded by the sound of a thousand warriors shaking in their armor, wishing they'd have had the strength to stand. But the giant's calling out my name, and he laughs at me, reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed. The giant keeps on telling me time and time again, boy, you'll never win. You'll never win. But the stone was just the right size to put the giant on the ground. And the waves... They don't seem so high from on top of them looking down. I will soar with the wings of the eagles when I stop and listen to the sound of Jesus singing over me. I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. I thought that was a very appropriate song, very encouraging song to me from time to time. And it encapsulates what we're going to talk about this morning, facing a giant. Now, you all that are Bible readers know that the 17th chapter here of 1 Samuel is the, is the scene which is set between, this is the quintessential David and Goliath story. <laughs> you know, it's a, it, we use that now, don't we? We talk about in elections and in, in wars and in other kind of battles. Oh, this is a David and Goliath battle. Well, this is the David and Goliath battle, okay? This is where it came from, you see. Well, if you don't think the Bible's truth and the Bible will last throughout the centuries and the millennia, I mean, just think about all the things that we say today that are just everyday sayings that come from the Word of God. This is the David and Goliath contest. And I also want you to notice something else. This is also the challenge of the ages. This is the, this is the battle of eternity right here in a sense. Because you understand, this wasn't just a little shepherd boy that was fighting in a, in a great battle and doing some great things. David was the great, 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 great whatever grandfather of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. God had promised that Christ would come through the Davidic line. So in a sense, if David loses here and Goliath gets his way, then salvation's over. <laughs> now don't get me wrong, I'm not 
here saying it could have happened that way or the Lord wasn't there. You know, we read the outcome. We've read the story. We know what happens. But this is the battle of the ages. And I want to talk to you about this and, and notice some things about this battle. You know the setup here. Uh, the setup here is that the Philistines and the Israelites under Saul have come to face one another. And they've come to a place called the Valley of Elah. And it's, it's a place in, Jeru- in Israel still there today. They think they know where it is. It's a big valley between two mountains. Two cliffs, if you will. And Saul and the men of Israel were on one side and the Philistines were on the other side. And, uh, and as sometimes happened in wars in ancient times, they decided instead of all the loss of life, uh, the Philistines sent their champion out. And this champion was a man among men. Saul stood head and shoulders above the others in the nation of Israel. But Goliath, if, if, this, if the, uh, my calculations are correct, he was somewhere between 9 foot 6 inches and 9 foot 9 inches tall. He was a giant of a man. And you know the story. He comes down and we begin reading in verse 1 just to set the stage here in chapter 17. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shoko, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shoko and Azekah in Ephes Demene. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And verse 4 says, There went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass, and he had greaves of brass uh, upon his legs, and, he, and a target of brass between his shoulders, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. Now look at the size of this champion. Look at what what is the children of Israel are facing. This man was somewhere between, as I said, nine and a half and nine foot nine inches tall. And, the, and he had on these, these heavy coats of mail, the heavy, uh, heavy greaves upon his legs, and, 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 and those, this armor was covering him that was so heavy, a, man couldn't, a normal man couldn't bear it. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. Now, you might say it was almost as big as a power line pole. That's how big his, his spear was. This was a big man. And this is who the children of Israel are facing. And verse 8 says, He stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants." And serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. This is the challenger to God Almighty and His armies. Now, I don't want to focus so much on the giant this morning because that's not what we need to do when we face our giants. When we face a giant, if you look at the, the size and the the the, the abilities and the 
the, the things that are, He's saying, the things that He's doing to defy our, our God, you'll get all mixed up and you'll get afraid and you'll get in fear. But what I want us to look at is I want to look at the champion of God. The champion of God. You know, in one sense, what we're going to see here is a giant slaying a giant. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Two giants meet here in a, in a great sense. One of them is physically a giant, but the other one is the man that we've been preaching about who is a man after God's own heart. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is what this champion of God did, what David, the little shepherd boy, did that ultimately resulted in the victory over this challenger to the armies of God. The first thing we read about in this passage here is that David prepared himself. I've said this several times before, and, and you're going to hear it again because it's such a truth that we need to remember. Brother Dalton is going to learn this as he goes into, uh, into the service. That, the, that the, the key to victory is not necessarily uh, how big you are or how great your abilities are, but it's being consistent in the routine things of life. You know where it's the most important for you to be a, uh, to be a faithful child of God? It's not here in church. It's important. It's important that when I come to church that I'm being faithful to Him and that I'm preparing myself to preach to you, but I can't just get up here and preach if I haven't prepared myself in the routine things of life. If I haven't been consistent in the daily grind. You know, I've said this before, and it's so important. I, you know, somebody asked a coach one time, said, you know, you know what? How do you how you know how important is the will to win? He said everybody's got the will to win. <laughs> everybody's got the will to win. You want to win? I want to win, don't you? Oh yeah, I want to win. I've got the will to win, but not everybody has the will to prepare to win. <laughs> see, that's the problem. <laughs> you see, football teams that uh, Super Bowl champions, and there's been very few through the years. I can't remember which all they were. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers did it, and some others have done it, but there's been very few through the years that have ever been back-to-back -back Super Bowl champions, even though they've had essentially the same, the same group of people, <laughs> the same group of players. But there was a difference in their will to prepare to win in the next year. You see, Goliath had the will to win, <laughs> And we're going to continue to read and we're going to see he talked a good game. And he had the power to back it up. But in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 20, now if you continue reading verses 11 down through verses 19, you're going to find that David's brothers had gone to war. They had gone to battle. But David had returned from Saul. You remember he's been down there playing the harp for Saul. But when Saul went to battle, he went home. And you know, again... This is David who had been anointed the king. In God's eyes, he was already king. This is also David who was already working at the palace. He was no longer out there tending sheep. He was plucking the heart for Saul and doing great important things. You, you might think David would go home and say, Daddy, I'm too important now to go back out to the sheep. But it says in verse 15, David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And as you continue reading, you see that uh, Jesse, his father, said, okay, I want you to take some food and supplies to your brothers and go see how they're doing. And in verse 20, it says, And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper 
and took and went as Jesse had commanded. <clears throat> Notice what he's doing here. David, David had some, some experience paying attention to the details. When he left his father's sheep, he didn't just run off like I would have been excited. Oh, I get to go to the battle. I want to go see. And I would have might have taken off and let daddy take care of the rest of it. He left the sheep with the keeper. And down in verse uh, 34 and 35, he, he tells about another experience he had. David said to Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I ran home to Daddy and said, Daddy, Daddy, you're not going to believe what happened? Or I just ignored it. And when Daddy said, came out and said, Where's the lamb? I said, I don't know what happened. You know? No, he said, I went after him. I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And he goes on to talk about slaying the lion and the bear. You know, he took care of the details of life. He took care of the details. David paid attention. The victory that he won there in the Valley of Eli did not begin in the Valley of Eli. But it began on the hillsides of Judah out there in near Jerusalem herding and shepherding his father's sheep. I want to read you a quote that I found and I've always thought was pretty interesting from Naval Admiral William H. McRaven. And he makes this statement. This is what caught my eyes. I found it on the internet. And he, the statement sort of was the title. It said, If you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride. It will encourage you to do another task and another and another. By the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you will never do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, <laughs> that you made, <laughs> and a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. <laughs> Pretty good thought, isn't it? Very biblical thought. Pay attention to the details. There's another story that I've always thought and always loved hearing about, and it has to do with Shakespeare wrote it, but it has to do uh, with uh, something that happened in 1485 at the Battle of Bosworth Field. King Richard III of England was facing Henry, the Earl of Richmond, and the contest there that day was for the rule of England. King Richard sent his groom out to make ready his favorite horse, and when his groom got there, the blacksmith told him, I need, I need a little more iron to shoe this horse. I need just one more nail. And the groom said, nah, don't worry about it. One nail won't matter. The groom said, let me have the horse. And, and so he brought the horse back and the king got on his horse. He rode out to battle. Part of his line broke. When he rode to rally his line, the shoe came off, the horse went down, and the tale is told that he said, a horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. And this is where the saying came in. For want of a nail, a shoe was lost. For want of a shoe, a horse was lost. For want of a horse, a battle was lost. For want of a battle, a kingdom was lost, and all for the want of a horseshoe nail. The little things in life matter. The preacher Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. David didn't cut corners. 
David was consistent in the routine things. And he was also committed to, to serving God, committed in spite of ridicule. <laughs> if you were to look at verse 28 here in, in chapter 17, Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And what had happened here is that David had seen Goliath now. And in verses uh, 24, all the men of Israel, when they saw him, fled. And, uh, and they said, have you seen this man that has come up? <laughs> And uh, David spoke in verse 26. He said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Well, in verses 28 through 30, Eliab uh, hears him. And Eliab, about midway of that verse, said, Why camest? His anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. <laughs> He's saying, you little boy, what are you doing here? What do you think you're doing calling us out and saying that, uh, that, that, and, and saying that we ought to be doing something different? You're just down here to, uh, uh, to see what's going on. And you think you're something. <laughs> now David's got a choice right here. David's got a choice. David can, David can fight his brother <laughs> or he can keep his eyes on the prize. <laughs> you know, if David had fought his brother... He never would have gotten around to the giant. <laughs> we need to remember that, don't we? We don't need to get in. You know, uh, we're told, in, uh, uh, Paul told Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. He didn't just say fight a fight. Sometimes we fight the wrong fight. <laughs> we fight the bad fight. We need to fight the good fight of faith. Keep our eyes on the prize. Keep looking at that. And, you know, so he had, he had to face ridicule. And then, then in verse 33... <laughs> Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. I promise you there's always somebody around that will tell you it can't be done. There's always somebody that's around to say, You know, you're so foolish to go down there to Zion Primitive Baptist Church. They don't have but one member. <laughs> you know? I mean, I have to confess to you. And I, and I, I, I hate to even, it, it breaks my heart when I confess this to you. But I thought my brother was crazy when he went to Bethlehem, Brother Mackey. I thought he was lost his mind. He went over there and there was just a few people, and that was an old primitive Baptist church. They didn't even have a piano. They didn't, you know, they didn't meet every Sunday. I thought, I said, I told my wife, I said, I can't believe this. Tim is he he ought to be right over here where I'm at and doing, you know, and I you know, I didn't ever tell him that, Brother Mackey. I I have to say that. But I thought but I, I was in that category, and you and I have also been in that category, and we need to get out of that category of being negative against uh, things that God is leading others to do. Because if you look around, how many of us would really be here at Zion if we'd listened to what the world's criticism said? Oh, that church. <laughs> That church, there's no way they don't have anything to draw people with. It's an old church. It's few people there. There's no way. He says, you can't fight this giant because you're just a youth. And he's a man of war from his youth. It's always somebody around to tell you it can't be done. You know, the problem here was is that Saul in the first instance was a coward anyway. And his whole army was servants of Saul instead of servants of God. Who in that army? Think about this. This is a nine foot, six inch giant. But who in the army of Saul could have stood a chance against him as the world looks at it? It was Saul. 
He was the man that was standing head and shoulders above the rest of his, his, the people in his army. He's the one that should have been down there. He's the one that should have taken the challenge. He's the one that should have said, I'll go out there in the spirit and power of the Lord. I can do this. But instead, he's discouraging everybody around him. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J. C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.